Next. Uh, Sanskrit. Sanskrit. You're majoring in a 5,000-year-old dead language. Yeah. Okay. Ooh. Latin. It's the best I can do. Next. Phys ed. Phys ed. Okay, st you're out of my room. Seriously, get out. All right, kids. April seminar is sold out. So your next available opportunity is June 9th through the 11th, then August 11th through the 13th. We have a self-sufficient lifter camp going on May 13th in Wichita Falls, and then another one May 20th in Omaha at Testify Strength and Conditioning. Just added a lift shoot fight camp July 8th through the 9th. That's a two-day camp covering lifting, shooting, and fighting in Wichita Falls. Still some spots available for our camps in Seoul, South Korea. We got a squat camp going on in the morning and then a deadlift and power clean camp going on in the afternoon. That is on April 9th. And then for squat and deadlift camps with spots still available, April 30th in Baltimore at 5x3 training. Just added another one on Long Island, June 11th in Babylon, and June 18th in Singapore at Hygieia Strength and Conditioning. And then some announcements for starting strength gyms. Just announced St. Louis is on board and signed up, so look out for that. More gyms yet to come, Salt Lake City, Omaha, Indianapolis coming online, Birmingham, Nashville, Miami, and so on. For an up-to-date list, head over to startingstrengthgyms.com and check out the locations tab. And for more information on anything that I've talked about, head over to startingstrength.com and check out the right-hand side of the homepage. From the Asgard Company Studios in beautiful Wichita Falls, Texas, from the finest mind in the modern fitness industry, the one true voice in the strength and conditioning profession, the most important podcast on the internet, ladies and gentlemen, starting Strength Radio. Welcome back to Starting Strength Radio. It is uh, time for Starting Strength Radio. So here we are on Starting Strength Radio, just like we're supposed to be, doing our job for you. So we're a room full of people here. Everybody's participating. Everybody likes the fact that they're here. Everybody cherishes this time that we get to spend together to selflessly produce high-quality content for you, the subscriber to the Starting Strength Network. Definitely my favorite part of the week. Oh, I know Unquestionably. that. Unquestionably. I've, you've, you've always said that. Yeah, yeah. So... So we're going to do Q&A today. We have what we call a paper Q&A for obvious reasons. And uh, as is always the case when we do a paper Q&A, we will preface our comments uh, with respect to your questions that you've submitted to us. We'll preface those comments with comments, comments. From, from the haters. And and we do this primarily for the contrast. <laughs> <laughs> primarily for the contrast. We contrast this insane drivel 
with my brilliant, well-thought-out elucidation. That's right. Right? I just, want to, I just want to prime you that a few days ago we put out a, a clip yeah. where you remember during the call-in Q&A, we were talking to that gentleman from Canada, 6'4", 215 pounds, and you mentioned that uh, he should be – well, you that what you said was that lifters who are 6'4", are 325 pounds. Right. Right. That's what you said. Right. So let's preface that. So with that that clip in mind, <laughs> where I said the guy that is 6'4", 215, needed to gain some weight, we have a barrage. <laughs> An onslaught. An onslaught of highly informed commentary here from these fucking idiots. You should weigh 300 pounds was the name of the clip. <laughs> And some guy with an unpronounceable name, N-E-I-N-A-S-Y-C-O-N-Y. Oh, interesting. Nina Sciacone, probably has something to do with New York since it's in one. Yeah. Says, two, that's T-O, much fat for older guy is bad. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Reasonable. Uh, that's a reasonable statement. <laughs> I knew titling that clip was going to get some vitriol. Yeah, that's good. I knew oh, it's yeah. good. Yeah, that's good YouTubing right there. <laughs> uh, what's the point of lifting a lot if you're obese? The fat literally covers your muscles. <laughs> because the only reason you're lifting is so people can see your muscles. See? Literally. 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 Thank you for that. Uh, the fact, literally, this must be Sean Hannity's <laughs> comment. Right? Yeah. Everything for Sean Hannity is literally. literally. God, how's that guy have that show? Man. I don't understand it. I don't understand how he sits there with his 1500 word vocabulary <laughs> and just goes on and on and on about the same thing, bought and paid for. You know, Hillary Clinton bought and paid for, <laughs> you know, blah, 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 over and over yeah. again. And people just, you know, that's the NASCAR audience. Well, yeah. Is, is yeah. who he's. Uh, so Larry Koziol says, sure, mass moves mass. And maybe I missed this guy saying his primary goal is to be a highly competitive powerlifter. Looking at most male and even female powerlifters, and they are carrying a huge amount of body fat. Huge. I'm not going to read the rest of this because <laughs> this guy is he's too stupid to have no, take him off. Well, can you ban him? I think we can. I don't want to hear from him ever again because that's just the dumbest fucking thing I've ever <laughs> ever heard of. Most powerlifters who are operating in a weight class sport, right, are carrying massive amounts of fat. Yeah. Well, this happens all the time, man. Yeah. Well informed. <clears throat> right. I mean, you've been to meets. You see all the just whales. They're just like, there's nothing but they fat just waddle people. up to the platform. Nothing but fat people. Yeah, in the 198. Yep. You know, yep, it's horrific. Just fat. It's really people. bad. Yeah, I'd noticed that a long time ago. <laughs> okay, keep on going here. Let's do it. 300 pounds. Jesus, these guys are delusional. Love it.
healthy blood work markers have left the, <laughs> have left the chat. All right, we're talking about a guy who's six four, two fifteen. And this idiot, Andrew Acunto, Dacunto, D apostrophe A C U N T O. I'd have had that name changed a long time ago. Worried mine. I'd have had that altered. Dacunto. Healthy blood work markers have left the chat. Okay. Uh, now here's another one. Patty Leather. That's good. This guy's in the. Yeah, he's, he's in from the San Francisco. <laughs> Rip everyone, no, Rip wants everyone to be fat like him so he does not look as bad. Hmm. How does Patty know what I look like? He sees you on YouTube, man. You can look at me right here and tell I'm fat, can't you? <laughs> Apparently, according to Patty from San Francisco, Mr. Slave. <laughs> yeah, Patty's the bottom. <laughs> He's the bottom, right? All right, Absolute Cope, Jesse Shaver says, Absolute Cope, hope this guy doesn't listen to this nonsense. You're not going to get fat, L-M-A-O. <laughs> Finally, here is something. that The only black hipster says, we need Rip to do more cooking and diet videos showing meals he likes to prepare and what you should be eating to be strong. I could watch him explain stuff like that all day. It's not a hater comment so no, far. No, it's not. But Brian Utility ah. says, yes, how do we grow man tits I'd like to avoid? Thanks, Brian. Thanks, Brian. <clears throat> Appreciate that. And here's here's a classic hater comment from Dandelion. This is regarding starting strength and West Side starting strength radio clips. And the comment is, Goober. <laughs> that was That's a good it. one, man. Goober. All right. Once again, demonstrating the fact that if you hate us, you're of below average intelligence. No question. Yeah. I bet no all those question. guys are really strong, too. All those comments. All these guys are 800 deadlifters. Yeah, they're real strong. Absolutely. Okay, so that concludes this week's installment of comments, comments from, from the haters. haters. Jesus Christ. And people like those. People like it when I read those. Yeah. We were all smiling. Yeah, well, I noticed that. I noticed that, but uh, still, <laughs> God damn, this is all right. Anyway, it, it, it's it's just disappointing. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's it's just one more thing to disappoint me. You know. All right, now that's a great way to put it. Holy shit! It's just <laughs> this is what we. This is who watches our shit. God, makes you just want to just start drinking real early. You know, I drink too much. But I don't do it till I get home. I don't ever drink till late at night. Sun goes down. 
That's oh, it's at later least, than that. Well, at least, right? <clears throat> I don't ever drink before. <laughs> I don't ever drink anything for 11. <clears throat> so, questions. See these? These are a little long. But I haven't looked at them. And they may be useful. I they might be going, good. You know, this is what you refer to as going cold. Yeah. Yeah, if I read these things ahead of time, they're not near as much fun as if I just, just dive jump right in. into them cold and right. see how they are. <clears throat> All right. And the best part is if there's a really shitty one, no one will ever know. That's right, because we will edit it out through the magic of electronic media. We will edit it out. There's some meat in my teeth. <laughs> kind of like that, though. It gives me something to eat. <laughs> a little right. snack for later. A little snack. Yeah. <laughs> what is it? Is it lamb? Beef? What you got? It's, uh, this was... Uh, some beef short rib. Oh man, fucking short ribs. Those so are good, good man. Yeah. Those are good. So anyway, Alf Lehman says, "Hey, Rip and the crew. First, a big thank you and your team. All right, blah. As I continue <laughs> to reap the benefits of the starting strength model, I now wish to help others become stronger by preaching the gospel of strength. Hmm. If you do it like that, they won't listen to you." Yes, just absolutely. A, you know, just so you'll know. All right. In particular, I would like to help my mother, who, as she approaches her 72nd year on the planet, has become increasingly frail. Oh, my God. Here Another go. one of these. This question, I hadn't even read the rest of it. but Maybe mom's into it, man. Let's read on. See what happens. If he has to convince her, she's not into oh, it. Oh, he said convince. That's right. Yeah. When I help my mother, she approaches increasing first. She has a lifetime of illness, including, but not limited to, scleroderma with Raynaud's phenomenon, which has led to digestive issues and the need for a colostomy bag. Oh, man. As well as a recent diagnosis of type 2 diabetes. She also suffers from Crohn's disease and has periods of malnourishment. Needless to say, she's on a lot of medications and has endured many surgeries over the journey. No, this is not a journey. This is a hellish nightmare. The poor old gal, god damn. I'd love to be able to introduce something to help improve her remaining years, and I'm wondering if the starting strength model would be appropriate for her. If so, what would your suggestion be on how best to introduce her to the model and the lifts? Thanks. Also, what's the likelihood of a starter strength gym opening in Australia? Zero. Zero. As long as I am alive, there will never be a starter strength gym in Australia. <clears throat> yeah, it'd be real rough, man. It'd be real rough. They fucked up the COVID yeah. thing way too bad for us to risk opening a business down there. Yeah. That'd be the dumbest thing anybody ever did. Yeah, become a coach and open an affiliate, but we can't do a franchise there. Yeah, if you want to do that, os, that's fine with me. All right now, well, the the answer to the first part is yes, right? The well, the answer to the first part is obviously yes. The strength training will help your mom, right? It would have helped her more about forty years ago, sure. You know, uh, or even twenty years ago before she got so morbid. But she's she's fucked right now. You know, I don't know that she can physically do this at this point, as frail as she is. Yeah. 
you know, there reaches a point at which reversal is not possible. And your poor old mom may have, through your inaction, by the way, not mine, uh, it may have, she may have crossed the threshold. I don't know. I don't know. The only thing I can say is that if you can get her to do this, start her off very light and improve her numbers incrementally. But very that, slowly. But that's the easy part in this situation. Yeah, that's right? the easy I mean, part. Yeah, just hard part is going to be convincing <clears throat> her that you're not trying to kill her, or convincing her to do anything. Right. I mean, you know. Yeah. Will I mean, she? Will she, she even go for a walk? I mean, I, I don't the, know. the gas is all out of this old girl. Yeah. You know, she's. I I don't know how you, you know, that's a fairly insurmountable problem. Yeah. Well, it's uh, the thing we always talk about, right? Convincing yeah. anyone doesn't work. No. They have to convince themselves. Uh, Especially you, a child convincing a parent. Yep. You can be a resource, but you can't convince anybody of something they don't want to be convinced of. And then on top of that, she's got all of the physical issues, the, the health issues that are she's just another like barrier to her. Nine right? comorbidities. <clears throat> yeah. And she's, she's just, she's a fucking mess. Yeah. It's hard enough to, to convince, you know, quote unquote, a healthy person to do this stuff. Right. I mean, were she 72 and had no health issues at all? I don't know. I, I even in in that situation, I don't know that I'd recommend you try to convince somebody. Now, what you can do is talk to her about it and explain the situation and let her decide. But if she says no, son, no, os, <laughs> I'm I'm, you know, I'm just kind of tired and I'm hurt all the time, and I just I think it'd be too much, and I don't want to. Don't want to hurt myself anymore than I already am. And I'm too old for that. That's a common I'm thing. I'm too right? old for that and blah, blah, blah. Just, you know, and that's likely what she's going to say. Just leave her alone. Just leave her alone. You don't get to convince your parents to do things. It's like convincing somebody who's been smoking their entire life and they're 84. You need to stop smoking. It's going to kill you. It's going to kill you. <laughs> it's, I'm it's, 84. It's, I'm a smoker, and you're telling me smoking is going to kill me. Yeah. Well, good. Yeah. Well, we should hurry. Yeah. You know. Yeah, that's <laughs> it's, it's it's the same equivalent. It's I'm same tired equivalent. of this shit. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. It's equivalent. Same thing. All right. Now, Darren Jackson. Isn't Darren Jackson the guy that comes to the seminar every other month? Uh, no, 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 no. D- different Darren. Different Darren? Yeah, different Darren. <clears throat> you sure that's not the same guy? Yeah, you're thinking of uh, Lovett from Oklahoma City. Or from uh, Tulsa. Hey, Maybe that's him, yeah. Darren Lovett is who you're thinking Yeah, that's probably who I'm talking about. So Darren Jackson has three separate topic questions here. First programming question. I run a four-day split. I know it's not how you recommend it. In the gray book, but this seems to work best for me to recover. I, I certainly recommend the four-day sure. split, and I've said a hundred times that I think it's better for most guys to do than the Texas method. On this podcast, you've said multiple times that you like the four-day split. I've, I've said that. I say it in the book. I've said it in articles. I say it on the forum. I don't think the Texas method is particularly useful for 
most of the guys that are trying to do this shit because it's too fucking difficult to recover from. You know, it requires that you're not any older than 25 and that you've got unlimited access to rest and food, which means you're living in your parents' basement or something. You know, most people have to go to work and shit. And you get five sets of five across for two or three lifts is a three-hour workout. Nobody's got three hours to train. And it's just not a, you know, it's it's it works beautifully for the people, for the few people that are uh, receptive to that kind of a workload. But most people don't have any business doing it. Most people, in fact, need to do the four-day split. The Monday, Thursday, Tuesday, Friday, upper body, lower body, four-day split. That's what I've said. All right? Um, so go back and read the, Darren, go back and read the gray book about this. And there's a big section in there in intermediate training about four, four-day split. Okay. Uh, let me see. Second, this one's for Rusty. Do you hook the deadlift? And if so, do you have any issues with grip? I have smaller feet and hands myself. Oh, my God. Fuck this guy. Oh, my God. I don't God. think he's being funny. I think he's serious. <laughs> no, no, no. I think he's being serious, but I'm just saying, oh, how pathetic. <laughs> God damn. This guy's got hands what? and feet no, 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 no. as small I, as rest. No, no, no. He's, he's, being, that's, that's, he's being facetious because he had think, a... I don't think he, he is. He wouldn't bring up feet. He wouldn't bring up feet if he wasn't being an ass. He equated small feet with small hands. My hands that's, are average size. reasonable... Yeah, let's see. All right. All right. I'm going to read the whole comment here <laughs> and because I don't want this guy to get the, the rep of being a, a shitster. All right. Uh, do you hook the deadlift, and if so, do you have any issues with grip? I have smaller feet and hands myself, and I sometimes feel like I can't grip the bar well. Tried switch grip, but I have been hooking for so long that it doesn't feel natural to switch grip. Who started calling it the switch grip? <laughs> Darren, apparently. <laughs> no, I've heard that before. Switch grip? I've never heard that. <clears throat> I've heard mixed grip. Mixed grip, I've heard, which is stupid. I've never heard uh, of switch grip. <clears throat> switch grip, I've heard, which is real stupid. Alternate grips, what I call it. I realize that's three syllables. Far superior to mixed, for sure. I think so. Yeah, you get to say more sounds over. I under. don't know. I don't have an indictment ready for this guy here. No, so you he's know? been hook gripping. He wants to. Uh, I no, he's been hook gripping. Tried an alternate grip. Didn't like Didn't it. Didn't like it. So keep. I think gripping. what he, I think is what he's saying is even hook gripping his hands are small, so it's hard to hold on to it. I, I don't have anything to say about it because I've never had an issue holding onto a bar. Well, I don't know that he had an issue. I don't. Yeah. He doesn't say he's having trouble holding onto the bar. If to answer can, his question, he says put, I sometimes feel like I can't grip the bar well. Well, did you drop it or not? If you drop it, you didn't grip the bar well. Your feelings are irrelevant. What happened? is what we're concerned with. And if what happened was the bar fell out of your hands, then you've got to do something else. But in the absence of anything is that you're feeling like it's going to fall out of your hands when, in fact, it does not, then, look, all right. Now, lastly, 
Rip and I have been. Wait, hold rip, on, rip, rip, real I, quick. You real, got another? Yeah, just real quick. There's nothing right. wrong with a with a mixed grip. So no, you know the the idea that everybody needs to needs to uh, somehow move away from a from an alternate or mixed grip is silly. If it works, just use it. It's fine. Look, nothing, if nothing you do bad all of your if you do all your warm ups with a double overhand grip, and you have to go to an alternate grip for your work set, that's you know, I understand, and in, fa- in fact, I understand this so well that I'm the first one to point out the fact that the shoulders are asymmetrical, asymmetrically loaded in an alternate grip when it's a heavy deadlift. I know this, but that doesn't mean there's anything necessarily wrong with it. What's wrong is not finishing the set of five right. because your grip failed. That's what's wrong because the deadlift is not technically our primary shoulder symmetry exercise it's a pull right exactly. you're training the deadlift not the shoulder symmetry so you know don't worry about it all right so now did it cover what you wanted to do? yes all right yeah. lastly rip i have been listening since episode one damn lifer how about that <laughs> And I know you have no issues with talking about controversial topics, but I don't think I've ever heard you touch on... Oh, Jesus. Religion. Ah. It's not controversial at all. Just, no, shit no. Just curious why. I think I know where you are at with this topic, but just wondering why you have touched on the problems with the Abrahamics as compared to some of the older ways, would just like to hear your thoughts. Well, you know, here's here are my thoughts. If you want to have an invisible friend, you go right ahead. Those are my thoughts. Well, and the and the and I don't see any point in getting into it any. Well, talking about the the uh, as he point as he uh, said the Abrahamic versions is because that's yep. what we're mostly surrounded with all the time right yeah we're we're <clears throat> steeped in that tradition yeah, you know for, sure. for the past couple of thousand years at least well that's we it's not true but it's you know that's that's the narrative right all right 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 and you know it's just you know it, it's it's all it's 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 not uh it, that's not the way my mind works and i'm I'm not interested in having a conversation about it. I got. Un- I used to like to argue that kind of shit a long time ago, but I'm just. I just got disinterested in it because there's not any point in arguing with it. Sure, it's, yeah. it's just belief. It's all it is is belief. Yep. And if you again, if you want to have an invisible friend, you can dress him any way you want to. All right. You can dress him like a Viking. Dress him, which I would. That would be my preference. <laughs> dress him like a, you know, with sandals and a, you know, shitty robe, you know, and have him following sheep around with a little shepherd's crook thing. All that shit. You, whatever you want to do, you do. All right? And enjoy yourself. All right? Now. Thanks, Darren. Thanks, yeah, thanks. Darren. Yeah, thanks. MWM says, oh, God, this is a big, long one, too. In previous podcast, you described why an advanced lifter is mistaken if he thinks that the same kind of volume at high intensity, which produced his current strength, is necessary or a good way to produce more strength. You talked about 
how 700-pound squats for sets across are simply going to beat the piss out of him to no advantage, and this can be a hard lesson to learn. You allude to the same phenomena a few times, practical programming, but it isn't explained in detail. Why is this the case? An intermediate lifter might have a maximum squat of 480, 80% of which is 385. An advanced lifter might have a maximum squat of 870, 80% of which is 700 pounds. I understand that strength gains are diminishing and the curve is asymptotic, but expressed in these relative terms, the situations are the same. So what is different? Well, what is different is the advanced lifter is further along toward the asymptote than the intermediate lifter. You just said it in the, in the, in the statement here. That's why, right? Uh, and an advanced lifter with a maximum squat of 870 is capable of applying far, far more stress to his recovery capacity than an intermediate lifter with a max squat of 480. And this is body weight notwithstanding. Let's say they both have the same body weights. Let's say they're 242. Okay. 242 with a 480 squat is not particularly impressive 242 with an 870 squad is a world-class lifter those are two you different know, strength events that are happening. two completely different stress events yeah they're absolutely different number different amounts of stress well so well so is the 80 percent of that number as well yeah, and the 80 percent of that yeah. number for reps is also a different amount Way of stress, stress. Yes. you you cannot comprehend uh the amount of stress that a 700 pound set of five places on the system of uh, we're not just talking about the guy's muscle mass right okay we're not talking just about his muscle mass which is uh highly vascular and recovers faster than all the other shit involved in this i mean his tendons are under stress his bones are under a bunch of stress right his brain is under a bunch of stress all of the hormone systems that support all of that shit yeah. is under a giant amount of stress, a level of stress that you cannot understand unless you have worked your way up to advanced. And at, at that, at, at even an 80% offset at those kind of loads, it still be, would be considered a high intensity stress. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's still high, like it wouldn't be that way for an intermediate lifter. Definitely right. wouldn't be that way for a novice. Our friend Stan <laughs> Efferding told me, last year when he and I were talking about this, that he's doing the same thing I'm doing. He's pulling once every two weeks, pulling heavy once every two weeks, squatting heavy once every two weeks. This and stands not fucking around. Right. You know, we sooner or later, you come to the conclusion that intensity and volume have to vary inversely. You have to come to that conclusion. You cannot listen to people who tell you that you have to do eight sets of seven with, you know, 75%. With easy weight. With easy you, weight. You, you, you can't do that. Now, first off, it doesn't make you strong. The 75% doesn't make you strong. And if you pile that, you pile 56 reps at 75% on top of your recovery capacity, you're fucking up. Okay. Now you don't believe that 
You go right ahead and have fun. All right? Have fun with your training. Get that pump. <laughs> go for that pump. Okay? Because that's what you're doing anyway. You just want to pump. But if, if, if strength is your, you know, if you're an advanced competitor, you already know what I'm talking about. All right? You, you cannot beat yourself to death with a bunch of tonnage. You can't do it. You can't get recovered. It will stop making you strong if you can't get recovered from it. Okay. All right. Now, here's Frank says, hi, Rip, and awesome SS team. Hey. You guys. Is that us? Nice. You guys. Right. My 22-year-old son is training for his first bodybuilding competition couple of months good news is he's really fucking hungry so he can't wait to get it done and then eat and train for strength doing starting strength so i'm happy with that but he does want to see this thing through i can't talk him out of it well at least you tried right my question is as a concerned father what are the potential risks to him in his current very grueling program for example he's doing three sets of 10 deadlifts twice a week progressively overloading each session so that's 60 reps a week he's not doing shit yeah it's not heavy enough listen we just, we just talked about that he's gonna be fine listen it's just not productive. it's worse than you think <clears throat> oh good He's 5'11", 168. <laughs> oh, That's what God. I figured, yeah. <laughs> Down to 9% body fat. <laughs> Jesus Christ. He I started bet. at 20 in October. He has to get down to 6% before the competition. Oh, Why? Is that the rule now in That's what his coach National said, Physique right? Committee or what? I bet, I bet he could uh, look like that without 60 reps of deadlifting. He's deadlifting 330 pounds, adding one pound now per session. He's squatting 285, three sets of 10, benching two and a quarter, three sets of 10, three days a week, pressing 135, three sets of 10, or three. That's not clear. Uh, machine dumbbell stuff, just six days a week. Well, when I'm he gets his head on his ass, he's going to be For all of it to oversee, coach, all the starter strength lifts. I know this is not starter strength gig. Just want to keep him safe till he starts his proper training life. I appreciate the insights. Well, Frank, the goddamn situation is the boy is 5'11", and he's training his ass off at 168 pounds of body weight. Does this sound good to you? Does this sound like something that anyone ought to be doing? silly as hell i you know i why i I don't understand why my question is why is he even lifting weights what's the fucking point if he's going to be at below nine percent and he's trying to cut to six percent what's the fucking point of lifting weights at all of training for this why don't you just diet for the contest because it's not doing anything. if all the if the whole entire goal here is to be six percent body fat at at 160 something pounds it's insane it's insane 5 11 160 is just you put clothes on this kid and nobody can tell that he's doing anything except delivering the newspaper right you know 
I'm five. He I'm, looks like the newspaper boy. I'm five and, seven, and if I was at one sixty, I would look emaciated at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You I, can't. This is this is insane. But the haters will all say, "Hey, man, what's wrong with that? Mm-hmm. Think how good his blood work is." <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, uh, Frank. I'm not going to tell you you're fucking up, but. You know, I, I I think you're fucking up. You know, condoning this kind of behavior, uh, and you've got to keep this very important thing in mind. Bodybuilding is a beauty contest. This is being done for appearance' sake. If this was a female doing this, what would you say about her? You'd say she's a vain bitch. You would say she has, she, an e- she has an eating disorder. You would say she has an eating disorder. And she needs help. And you'd probably schedule an intervention. But here you are coaching this. Oh, he's coaching? I missed that. Uh, he's coaching, yeah, he said he's coaching the lifts. So the kid does them right. But uh, this, is, this is not good. This is not good. This is, uh, you know, and... Had uh, Frank not submitted this question, I would say, well, this is none of my fucking business. But by asking me, you made it my business. I'm telling you, this this is bullshit. And I, I don't see uh, I don't see anything good coming of this experience for him. He's determined to see it through. It's like jumping off of a building. I don't know shit about you know, bodybuilding, but I can tell you at 5'11", 160 pounds, he ain't winning shit. 168, 5'11", 168. It depends entirely on who's there because it's bodybuilding. Yeah, it's it's a contest. It's a beauty contest. Yep. It's all in the fuck it is. is a beauty contest. It's not a sport. It's a beauty contest. He wants the pictures for his Instagram. It's, That's all it is. It's subjective. Mm-hmm. If I was worried it's, about it's, it, if it was... If it there's was, no standard that allows you to win a bodybuilding contest that's what's different about bodybuilding and a sport a sport has rules a sport has competition guidelines and you either like even diving even diving where where the judges uh compare your performance not to the performance of everybody else in the class but to the standard of the dive that's what's being compared to it's a you're comparing even though it is a subjective comparison it's it's not really subjective in the sense that we are we have a concrete definition of what a perfect half gainer looks like now how close did he get to that and and so that even in a judged sport like that but in another sport, in any other sport, there's there's numbers involved in it. There aren't any numbers in bodybuilding. Six percent body fat's not a number. Yep. For a you twenty-two know, year old, this is a. I mean, yeah, he's not. He's not going to listen to that. This is a clash of. This is a clash of egos. It's all it for is. For a twenty-two year old, <clears throat> so if it were my child, uh, I would resort to uh, shame and uh, 
in competition. I would arm wrestle the kid and whoop his fucking ass, mm-hmm. yep. and 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 just make him. And he'd know. be way better off in the long run because he is in a situation right now of overtraining and starvation. Yeah. Now that does damage. Sure. That does long term damage to the human body. Remember World War Two? Probably you don't, but you should look it up. It's not good to be overworked and underfed. That that fucks everything up. And it fucks things up for a very long time, if not forever. I don't this is a terrible idea, Frank. This is a terrible ass idea. You know, it really is. Right, M. Palios. Our friend. Our friend, Mike Palios. The he ever always shows up with the dumbest fucking question the of the day. Ever inquisitive, Mike Palios. <laughs> Why does it seem, at least anecdotally, that the deadlift is the last lift to stall while on a cut? <laughs> well, Mike. That's the problem with anecdotes. Thanks for your question, by the way, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> you shocked us with that one. Yeah, that's we didn't right. see that coming. And then for some reason, he's got 100 kilos here. Doesn't say what 100 it kilos just says 100 is. Kilos? Is his deadlift stuck at 100 kilos? <laughs> is his body weight stuck at 100 kilos? What I don't know. I don't. If Mike is just kind of. We're. I mean, we're glad he pays us to be on the network. This kind of thing. There's a, there's maybe something interesting to talk about because if you're if you're uh, if you're huge and fat and you have a bunch of trouble getting into the deadlift, just losing 20, 30 pounds immediately. Yeah, it's just makes improving your, your mechanical yeah, position over get, the bar. You just get closer, you get tighter. Sure. So that's a that may be a reason why. But in my experience, people who uh, have no business being on a cut, meaning they're not overly fat, um, that that is not the case. The deadlift stalls just like everything else. Uh, it stalls at a higher number than the squat. For sure, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, unless you've got some anatomical weirdness like short arms or little stubby, rusty-sized fingers and shit, <laughs> then you've got no reason to not be deadlifting 100 pounds more than you're squatting when you're, you know, eight, nine months into your into your training. Right, yep. Right? You know, now if you've got little short arms that stop, just right below your crotch, you got a longer way to pull things. You know, your your back is under a, a different amount of moment load. I mean, there are there are physical reasons why anatomical abnormalities uh, would explain why your deadlift is stuck before anything else. Right. But it's normal for your deadlift to be heavier than the squat. That's that's always the case. Right. It's always the case with females. I have never seen a female who could not deadlift more than she squatted after two years. Yeah. It shouldn't happen with guys either. I mean, it's, and no, if that's it really happening, you're squatting you know? high usually. I mean, it has happened every once in a while, but there's always some anatomical explanation for it. Right, right, yeah. Oh, yeah, I see what you're saying. You know. In terms of anatomical yeah. reasons for it, you're right, yeah. So... uh I don't know. All this anecdotal shit is just, you know, anecdotally. Yep. 
Don't send us questions like that. <laughs> he's like our biggest fan, poor guy. He is our biggest <laughs> fan. He's, he just, <laughs> it's just frustrating to deal with him sometimes. I wish he'd come to a seminar. So Has he never been? I've Publicly humiliated. Yeah, I don't think I've ever met him, right? I don't think he's been to a seminar. Yeah. Hell, it might be worth comping him. Well, not comping him. Yeah. Let me give him a $50 discount. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know he's going to be irritating in person, too. <laughs> right? Oh, goodness. All right, so MWM says, almost every time I lift, I burst capillaries in my face and end up with lots of little red dots around my eyes and on my cheeks. It's usually worse after a deadlift workout. I don't particularly care about how it looks. But when I have done linear progression in the past, this has tended to stop happening after a couple of weeks. This time it's been happening pretty consistently for a few months is this anything to worry about or is it just a sign i'm older than i once was no no it's uh it's it's not a sign that um all right this is called patechia look it up in uh in wikipedia there's a page on it patechia is ruptured capillaries under the skin and uh it is uh you know it's common happens it's it's of no concern not a medical situation. Anytime all. I'm doing heavy singles on squat, it, I I do it every you time. Get some of those. Yeah, yeah. That's that's typical. It may have something to do with the way you are taking your valsalva. If you're holding your breath in your mouth, if you think you hold the valsalva in your mouth, you're going to produce more pressure in your face than you would if you did it correctly. You take your valsalva with your mouth open so that the pressure stops here instead of in here right that solves a lot of problems too if you if you solves get the, a lot of problems with headaches, all your lifts if you get the uh lightheadedness that uh yeah just open the mouth it's that's yeah. really helpful <clears throat> yeah it is other than that i i don't have any sometimes you know, it just happens i mean sometimes it just i know happens. how to valsalva it happens to me and it's not a big i've just, had oh you know you by the time you've lifted as long as I have, you see it on other people. You see it on yourself. Every once in a while, you'll get one of those things in your eyeball. Yep. Yep. And you'll have what looks like blood. I'll get them on my own. On the conjunctiva. It happens. It's nothing. I'll get them in my collarbone area. Yeah. Yep. Nothing to be worried about. It just happens, you know. It's a sign that you're working hard and not sitting around on your fucking dead fat ass. Right? Right. All right, Chris Gomez asks, Rip, I have a pretty nasty case of hip flexor tendonitis. What would your approach be to rehab if it were your hips? Well, this is in the book. Yep. This is in the book. Hip flexor tendonitis is, uh, oh, it's not particularly common, but it does occur. And typically it occurs as a result of knee slide. And when we say knee slide, what we mean is you get to the bottom of the squat and you allow your knees to jump forward two or three inches. In other words, you're bouncing off of the knees instead of the hips. Trying to bounce off the quads instead of the hips. Now, your quads have 
you know, one of the quads has got uh, two joints that it crosses, right? The vastus muscles only extend the knee, but the rectus femoris is part of that uh, coalescence of knee extensor tendon on top of the patella, but its origin is on the pelvis. And if you allow your knees to jump forward at the bottom of the squat, you're putting a bunch of tension on that particular insertion on the pelvis. I believe it's on the anterior inferior iliac spine. And uh, when that gets irritated, you will perceive it as hip flexor tendonitis. And the way you rehab that is to fix your squat it won't go away unless you fix your squat you're allowing your knees to jump forward at the bottom once you get below about halfway down into the bottom of the squat the knees must be still the knees if they jump forward at the bottom of the squat are going to continue to irritate that thing and it won't ever go away it won't ever go away. It sucks. It's it's bad pain. I understand. I know how it feels. Yeah. How do you think I know this? You know. So, just so you you guys will know, you can't hurt yourself in a way that I haven't already hurt myself nine times. All right. So, fix your squat form. That's what takes care of this tendonitis. Hip flexor tendonitis goes away when you learn how to squat correctly yeah don't waste your time doing anything else. don't waste your time doing anything else don't do the fucking because couch it's going to take do four shit. weeks to go away anyway yeah. at least yeah, yeah it definitely don't stretch it no don't stretch it the that's what stretching, i did. that's what i did and i made it way worse stretching tendonitis is a fundamental misunderstanding of what tendonitis is stretching any injuries is real stupid yeah. But it's what everybody wants to do. Let's say I get cut on my arm right here. <laughs> right? Does it seem like a good idea to start going like that, stretching that thing open? Well, no. It's, it's not a good idea at all. It's real obvious if it's a cut on your skin. It's trying to heal. Leave it alone. Don't stretch it open. You don't want it open. You want it closed. Wyatt, Wyatt cut his hand, and we could not deadlift forever because it was right there. And I look at him, and he'd be messing like, with it. Like, Wyatt, fucking stop! Stop <laughs> aggravating the wound because that's what you're doing when you're stretching. You're aggravating the wound. You got a hamstring tear, and everybody wants to stretch their hamstrings after a hamstring tear. What, what were you just trying to make the scar bigger? Is that what you're trying to do? <laughs> just, but, but you know, I, I I don't know where all that came from, but it's just <laughs> that's what everybody wants to do. I guess it makes them feel like they're doing something. Well, it, from my experience, it you know. feels better after you stop <laughs> fucking stretching. Yeah, it, <laughs> but, and you know why? Because it's it, healing. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. After immediately after you stop stretching, you're like, oh, it feels better. But that's because the stretching it's hurts. hurts you're not stretching it anymore. Yeah, the stretching hurts so idiot. fucking bad. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> well, you know, that's like the hit your please hit yourself in the hand with a hammer. Yeah. 
feels a lot better when you're because not. Because it, it feels so good when you stop. <laughs> or, or taking the cold plunge. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right. I feel good now that I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah, All right. right. Now, Ali asks us, do you know what would be the effect of low DHEA on males? I'm a 39 years old male. My recent DHEA sulfate is 2.3 millimoles per liter, and the normal range by a pathology lab is 2.4 to 11.6. That's not the normal range. That's the reference range. That's not the same thing. That's the average range is what is what that really is. Should I ta- take supplemental DHEA? I'm on TRT and free level free test levels okay. Uh, I, this this is a question that uh, well, I'm going to answer this just in general, okay? Every time you perturb, a hormone axis. In other words, every time you supplement a hormone, what you're doing is shutting down the tropic hormone that is responsible for that hormone's secretion. So, for instance, you take gonadotropin. Well, the the hormone above that in the axis is gonadotropin-releasing hormone. You take gonadotropin, what do you do? You're shutting down the gonadotropin-releasing hormone expression. You can't just perturb one level. So just, you know, keep that in mind. I wouldn't, I, I, I do not think that they tested DHEA sulfate because DHEA in the human body is not in the form of a salt. It's the hormone DHEA. Dihydroepiandrosterone is what that's called. And uh, it's not a sulfate in your body. So uh, you just are looking at the... You're looking at the label on the bottle is what you're doing when you say that. All right? So I'd, I'd be careful with that. All right? James Collinge. Or is that Colling? Colling. Colling? Yeah. How do you know that? You talk He's to my him? client. He was at the seminar, too. You remember oh, him. Oh, shit. Yeah. <clears throat> well, aren't I a dumbass? You're a fucking idiot. Rip All right. shit. All right. You mentioned your BMW and Porsche on previous shows. After your attendance at the Driver's Edge course, has it made you consider changing or adding to your sport cars? I myself have switched between stick shift and PDK in Porsche cars I've had. For the track, i found that the PDK is superb, but for road driving, I prefer the stick. Uh, I'm not, uh, well, I'm going to get rid of my BMW. I'm tired of it. It's it's swallowed too much money <laughs> and has shit out absolutely nothing but <laughs> electronic problems. I don't see how BMW makes a sale. They sell a lot of leases. Well, they lease. Yeah. But the, I don't see how you go buy a BMW. Right, right. I, I don't see how anybody would ever do that but one time. You know, because if you buy a car and you intend to keep the car six or seven years, like most people tend to do, uh, by the time you've had that car five years, there's all kind of lights on the dashboard on a BMW that just won't go away. 
and you get one of them turned off and the other one comes on it's like owning a jeep it's 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 way 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 over engineered by these idiots who really honestly are designing a car for the lease market that's right well that's what everybody's doing now anyway you know there's you know, very few why would you drive a car older than three years yeah that, that's exactly you know? right everybody's doing that <clears throat> there's very few car manufacturers who are making good cars you know what i'd last. like to have i'd like to have a old 1970s model analog car of some sport of some sort like a an old camaro or a or even a oh i don't know maybe a, a, an mgb or something like yep. that and what I would do, what I'd like to have done, is I'd like to have a modern suspension under the exactly. thing. Exactly. Same. And a fuel-injected V6 engine. Right. So that I can drive the car, I can get in it and know it's going to start every day. Because it doesn't have a computer. Right. And it's got just enough computer to work the fuel injection, and that's all. And will handle like a modern car. Right. That's what I'd like to do. I'd like to have. Those of you that have pursued that end, get a hold of me. I'd like to talk to you about it. What would be the best one to do that to? I don't know. Maybe an old Mustang or something. You'd have to replace a bunch of shit on a Mustang to have that kind of a setup. But uh, well, Mustangs are so damn small, too, though. <clears throat> And I don't want a big ones. car. I want a two, I want a coupe. I, I mean, want just a two door coupe with a back seat. I mean, That's just what. in the cabin, like it's yeah. so, t- so tight, and small. That, and I can deal with that. I just as long as I got a back seat. Yeah. I don't want a two. I don't want a two seater. I don't want a Corvette. I never have wanted a Corvette. I don't like the way they look. I don't like that they look like Hot Wheels toys to me. They just don't look like cars. And uh, I, yeah, I've never have wanted a Corvette. I'd like to have something with. I'll tell you what. I my favorite cars that I've ever had were the. I can't remember which generation this was, but the three hundred ZXs. Three hundred. I had an eighty four three hundred ZX, great car. Had a ninety model three hundred ZX. Had a ninety five model ZX, and. They weren't the fastest cars I've ever had, but I, they all had a stick shift. They had a back seat, two-door, good-looking cars. Yeah. just I just loved them. And I don't know, did they make a 2 plus 2 in that 370? Nope. All two-seater. All two-seater. And the new, the new 400Z is a two-seater also. Really? They don't have a back seat. See, I, nope. Well, I would they have to do. They stopped that in the... Uh, yeah, after the 300, there was no back seat. You know, I probably ought to get online and see if I can find a hopped-up 96 model 300. That'd be real cool, man. I mean, it had a bunch of engine work done to it and yep. stuff. And was screaming fast. That'd be that. That really is what I need. Yeah. You know, that'd be fun as hell to take to that class too. Oh yeah. Oh, God, yeah, those are good little cars, man. I had uh, that 84. I had that thing. I bought it with like 190,000 miles on it. But I talked to mechanics and stuff, and that's nothing for that V6. Right. That's nothing. And I had it. I I sold that thing to a buddy of mine's kid 
when it had 325,000 miles Shit. on it. And it wasn't even burning any oil. And he wrecked it with 365,000 miles on it. And he wasn't burning any oil. That little three-liter V6, yeah. that was a hell of an engine. You know. Yep. And uh, I, maybe that's what I'll do. Maybe that's what I'll do after I sell this white car. Problem with selling the white car is it's the fastest car I've ever driven. Right. It's stupid. It's real, real stupid. And it's a beautiful car, but it's just every fucking day it's something else. And I mean quite literally every day. <laughs> every time I start the thing, I have to go look at the codes on the thing and see if there's any brand new lights on the dashboard. Yeah, yeah. Hell, I had a light on the dashboard, engine light on the dashboard the other day, had it on there oh, three days in a row. And yesterday I got in it and it's gone. Just turned off. I didn't turn it off. It turned itself off. And there's, you know, I've had I've had this car in four shops, and nobody can figure out what the hell is wrong right, with it. Right. It's got a power drain, a persistent bad power drain on the battery, and nobody can figure it out. Nobody. Not you. Not anybody else can figure out the power drain on this car and that's a common problem with bmws and i'm telling you don't buy a bmw a bmw is not as much a car as it is a business relationship with the dealership <laughs> yeah right it's a it's a computer that happens to have a car with right it. yep right oh shit anyway yeah don't get me started talking about cars Zach Milinchik. Zach the Jew. Zach the Jew. Yeah. Been reading a great book. Wanted to better understand glycolytic exercise and cardiovascular adaptations. Since glycolytic exercise doesn't actually use O2 pathways to create ATP, why does it cause heavy respiration and cardiovascular adaptation? If I understand correctly, it's because of the extreme depletion of ATP caused by the glycolytic work, which then causes the body to respond by using aerobic pathways to create ATP because they create more ATP but take longer to do so and aren't as effective as an immediate source of ATP. Now, that's, that's all right. When you deplete ATP, it is going to be replenished by all available pathways right. and the aerobic pathway is one of them and there is an aerobic component to the glycolytic pathway as well both of these pathways demand an elevated o2 intake and that's why you breathe harder the okay p- people people think of these energy systems as like switch switched yeah, on and one, off one, yeah, they're one, all one. they're all they're all working all, all the time, time. Right. no matter what you're doing all of them are on all the time yeah when i'm sitting here talking to the microphone when i'm walking when i'm lifting weights they're all on all the time yeah. it just depends on which one predominates and that is determined by the intensity level of the activity and uh can you expand generally on strength training and glycolytic work hit sets of 10 plus reps and cardiovascular adaptations well uh high intensity interval training sets of 10 reps high reps anything gets you breathing real hard 
is not strength training any more than a 10-minute kettlebell test is strength training. 10-minute kettlebell test is boredom management more than anything else, I would think. Yeah. What was his, was his question? Why does the glycolytic improve aerobic I think that capacity? You know, glyc- if I understand correctly, it's because of the extreme. Let's see. Uh, no, the question over here is, since glycolytic exercise doesn't actually use O2 pathways to create ATP, why does it cause heavy respiration and cardiovascular oh, adaptation? Yeah. Well, that's a misunderstanding of the fact that glycolytic pathways are both anaerobic and aerobic. Right. There are there are two pathways in the glycolytic system, and one of them is aerobic. Right. Yep. So there you have it. Yep. Okay, so <laughs> I don't. Know, you guys tired of this shit? I'm kind of tired of it. It's pretty uh, asking, yeah. answering questions. Yeah, I'm taxed. Answering questions is a taxing situation. My really ATP is. is depleted right now. Uh, I've depleted my ATP mm-hmm. in my cranium. My cranial, <laughs> cranial ATP, ATP. <laughs> stores have been depleted. <laughs> So, I think what we'll do is just call it a day and, uh, you know, come back maybe next time, answer some more of these things. I've got a couple left here. Nick's got to go. I need to pee. Rusty's got to call his wife. Rusty's got to Have her reassure him that that his hands are not small. Right. Anyway, Rusty's not laughing. No, man. he doesn't think it's funny. He's, he's irritated with us. No We're sense of humor, this. man. You know what he's going to do? He's going to get mad. What are you going to do? I'm going to release my he's super He's going to fuck of... up this podcast. <laughs> yeah. is what he's I'm going to release my super cut of Rip that I've got. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Saying things he shouldn't say. <laughs> it's a blackmail version. And the, the end of Rip's career version of the podcast. Right. <laughs> if this is a career, <laughs> if you right. could call this a yeah. career. How would you end Ripito's career? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like people would get mad at you. I, <laughs> what would yeah, happen? I, I, that just that just makes it better, really. <laughs> All right, see you guys later. Bye.